Welcome to Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. We talk about the intersection of parenting and technology. Everything you need to know about raising kids in the digital age. This is Parenting Bites. Hi, welcome to Parenting Bites. This is Rebecca Levy of KidsViews.com. I'm here in the studio with Amy Oztan of Amy Ever After. Hello. Hi, Amy. Andrea's not with us this week because she's... uh, Again, traveling somewhere. Lucky that, Andrea. <laughs> you know, Andrew's always on the road. But in her honor, I'm wearing not only a purple shirt, but matching purple headphones. You are wearing a lot of purple. Yes. So it's like Andrew's here in purple spirit. In spirit. <laughs> Andrew and Prince. Um, so on today's show, we have a great topic and a guest. Not that we could fill Andrew's shoes, but we like to have a guest. We are going to be talking about... I should have said, we're going to like be talking about like all the like, ways your kids oh my talk. God. <laughs> so we're going to be talking about how to help yourself and your kids speak clear without filler words. The ums, the likes, the whatevers, the all right. Mine the, is you know. Oh, is yours Yeah, if you, you watch know? me on I've video, mine that. is, I try, I'm conscious of it, so I try not to, but if you, if you go to old videos, you know is everywhere. Oh, that's not good. No. So that's probably a good hint just to watch yourself. But we are going to tackle that with our guest today, Audrey Mann Cronin, who we have on the phone. She is the creator and founder of Say It Media and the creator of this very brilliant app called Like So. Um, she's also the founder of the community Our Digital Daughters, which is all about how digital media is affecting our girls, which is something we talk about all on the show. And so we want to say hello to Audrey, who is on the phone with us. Hello. So Hi, happy Audrey. to be here with you. We're so happy to have you on. Um, uh, I just did it. I was like, um. So... <laughs> This is one of those things I want to be so self-conscious this entire segment now. <laughs> Don't worry, I am too. And, and <laughs> Full disclosure, I'll probably say so a couple times because that's my word. Is so your word? So, so is fun. my word when I'm writing. I realize. I start sentences with so all the time. Me too. And so it's I was in the park. It can yeah. be correct. It's a good transition. <laughs> It's interesting because um, I'm gonna have a hum- I'm gonna do a humble brag right now. <laughs> my one of my daughters won second place in the city debate championships Yay. this weekend. Nice um, for individual speaker, and debate is one of those things where they're timed. Yeah. Oh. So the more filler words you use, the less time you have to get out your point. Yes. Every word matters. You know, I just we're partners with the National Speech and Debate Association. And I just interviewed a USA Debate team member. She's 16, and she's from the Valley. So she, we took the Valley girl out of the Valley. And I just I thought that was so poetic. Yeah. You know, it's funny you say that. Do you think that the Valley girl speak of the 80s was the original... I don't know, the, the patient zero of all of this, <laughs> like, and... You know, it became such a big thing. It did. It did. I definitely think it contributed enormously because it was so popular and it is so contagious. If you do some deep research, you'll see it It was before then. But I think getting into the pop culture language, I think that Valley Girl did have a moment in time for all of us to look back and remember the like I'm so shores and all that. (laughs) (laughs) So I think everyone can relate to one day hearing their child speak and every other word being like. Yes. And it's it's like your child has been taken over by (laughs) 
the, the like body snatcher. Yes. <laughs> and sometimes I wonder if it's when they're nervous, um, or I don't know. I don't know what it is. Yeah. I know because I don't notice it in my daughters all the time. Well. It, there's actually a really interesting podcast. Um, there's an episode of Lexicon Valley called Like, Why Do We Use Like So Much? And if you listen to that, it'll actually give you give you a clue as to why people use it. There, yes. there are several different reasons. We've done a lot of research on that because we developed the app that you mentioned up front called Like So. And we've done an enormous amount of research into sociolinguistics and what's the cause and there are several, uh, one of which we get into how contagious it is, and we do point to the Valley Girl epidemic, but we also talk about how in school, it's not, the oral communication classes are kind of gone hither, mm. <laughs> and people are very, very nervous when it comes to speaking, and public speaking is the number two, second to dying phobia in the United States, so wow. that's a contributor. And then, for this show, we're texting more than we're talking anymore, and we're, and especially our Gen Zers and Millennials are not having that practiced face-to-face, eye-to-eye, substantive conversation that was always how it was <laughs> until the advent of the Internet. So there, it's, it's absolutely uh, upending communication and having an effect. So let's go back then to the app because this is something you've developed to help tackle this in a not um, bad way. (laughs) So it's not you saying, stop saying like. We wanted to be motivational. (laughs) We didn't want to be hyper-diagnostic. We wanted to make it both fun and effective. And that was, well, my, my little story is that I've been working in communications my whole career and the way people speak's always been on my radar, even from growing up with parents that spoke Brooklynese and never wanting to say New York or coffee. <laughs> <laughs> and then I did a lot of theater, and I studied voice, and I was in a band, so I've always been mindful of how I sound. But about, I don't know, three years ago, I noticed that my teenage daughter, who is always very well-spoken and poised, started to insert all those likes and you knows into her sentences and I thought oh no she's falling into this verbal trap how do I pull her out before my younger son falls in (laughs) and I started writing about it because I blog and as you said I have this community our digital daughters and I started looking into both the communication and social aspects of what it's like to raise a kid in our digital culture and we as parents how we parent them And I thought all along, because I've worked in technology my whole career and consumer technology communications, there should be an app for that. (laughs) And now that there's such thing as voice recognition technology and it's gotten good enough, I thought, well, maybe we can have an app that uses voice recognition technology to capture all our words and bring awareness to how we speak and point out all those fillers and give us a chance to practice. So how does that, how does the app work? It's really simple, and we designed it to be as simple as possible. But there are two modes when you get into it. There's freestyle, which is just an open mic for any upcoming presentation or speech or anything you're doing, even this call. We could be using like so to record and capture our speech. The other mode is really rich. It's called Talk About, and it has topics. So it has the job interview, the college interview, debate team, 
uh, pop culture favorites on the menu, small talk, and so forth. And when you pick a topic, it gives you five prompts on that topic. You can pick either 30 or 60 seconds per prompt. And you speak into the app, into the microphone on your phone, and it captures your words, and it tells you how many fillers you said out of how many words, and then how many were like, you know, totally, right, okay, literally, sorry. And it allows you to save your results, and then you can practice over time. And there's a way now in our latest update, if you swipe right, you can pick a goal. So if you have an upcoming interview or presentation or audition, we're getting a lot of great feedback actually from acting coaches and casting directors. You can say, audition, 10 minutes, July 5th or June 5th, and say, set notification, and then every day until that audition, you'll get a notice saying, you have 12 days until your audition, keep practicing. (laughs) (laughs) And then you can see over time how you're doing via a curve like you would see in a fitness tracker. We're taking a nod from fitness trackers, and we've been called the Fitbit for your speech, so you can see how you're doing over the day, week, month, and year, and hopefully your wave is going up, and, uh, and then we're calling this speech fitness. I need to run this when my husband and I are out to dinner because it takes him about five minutes to ask for ketchup. What? <laughs> it's a, excuse me, um, if you get a chance, would you mind? Does he feel bad you, asking for I th- it? I, I have no idea. It drives me crazy. I usually just cut him off and say, ketchup, please. <laughs> well, that's nice because women are always pointed out to be the ones that are trying to be likable and build consensus and say sorry and would you mind and I think it's in a way nice that your husband is trying to be uh, but I I think I'm just empathizing with the waiter because I've done so much waitressing (laughs) I know that he needs to go somewhere and do something (laughs) just spit it out yeah exactly just just yell it as he's walking by he'll appreciate it It's a really, you know, the app's really interesting to me because, you know, you brought up interviews and that is a big thing coming up. We have a lot of kids graduating Mm -hmm. in the next couple months and job interviews, as you said, this generation, that face-to-face is a lost skill and they can't text their interview to an interviewee. They can most likely, I mean, the, the most tech they're going to get probably is Skype if they end up with a Skype or a Google Hangout interview, in which case they still have to speak. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was just talking to somebody that said anymore, and she's my age, very old, and she said, I don't (laughs) even get the chance to go face-to-face initially. I have to do it over the phone or Skype. And if it's over the phone, it's even more important because you don't get to rely on your charm (laughs) and your big smile. But we found with like so that the most popular aspect of it is that we have the college interview and the job interview and that's where we think well I just presented to Stony Brook yesterday and we've gotten a lot of inbound interest from universities who have either career centers or the communications classes or the business classes in this case it was dietitians (laughs) that I was talking to who are about to go for interviews. And the professor felt it was so important that they learn to be powerful, confident, persuasive speakers. And and this app is really more about practice. We, we tell our kids, practice piano, practice soccer, practice a new language. But we never say practice how you communicate, or at least I didn't until recently. And now I see it's it's the number one skill that gets you ahead in life is your ability to tell a story and to be articulate and compelling and then to be confident in doing so. 
So when it gives feedback, does it make suggestions? We give you some, a little bit of feedback right now. We're on, we're still in version 1.0 and we've got a lot we want to do with the next version, but right now it will tell you your pace. So pace is built into the algorithm Mm -hmm. as well with 150 words per minute being optimal. And it will tell you, it'll say something like, you are eloquent and then it grades you A plus to uh uh-oh. But (laughs) you get a grade and with that grade you'll get how many words you spoke how many fillers you used, and then it'll actually break that down into a chart, and it'll tell you three likes, two so's, one you know, and so forth. And and then it'll comment on your pace as well. So you know if you speak too quickly, you're not really coherent. Nobody can follow you. If you load yourself with fillers, it's just so distracting, and it undermines what you're saying. So we're trying to give some feedback to help people understand where they're at, and then an ability to save it. You can name it, so it could be Parenting Bites Interview 1, Parenting Bites Interview 2, or the date, and then you can see how you're doing over time. That's really interesting. I mean, it's the same for adults. I think that's what's surprising, too. We notice it so much in our kids. Mm -hmm. Yes, but we're the role models. (laughs) We're the role models, and, you know, in some ways it goes hand-in-hand with poor grammar, because that also drives me crazy with my children. (laughs) And it's interesting, too, because along those lines of that nobody talks as much to each other, it's amazing to me how many words my children mispronounce Mm. because they read Mm -hmm. them all the time but haven't heard them out loud. That also drives me crazy. So I think you need that feature, too. (laughs) It is, and we do. There are a lot more diagnostics we can build into it, but you're right, and, and it is practice. Again, it just goes back... We need to teach our kids how to look somebody in the eye. That was a big one for Mm -hmm. me with my kids. And to shake a hand and then be confident in how they speak. But it is really intimidating, and it does take practice. It is interesting. You know, I have an adult in my family, actually, who was beyond brilliant but didn't get, it's sort of a famous story in my family, um, didn't get the placement they wanted when they graduated from college and actually got the feedback saying, totally brilliant didn't make eye contact oh and i think about that all the time that there are very few jobs even though we think we're becoming so tech oriented in this you know society but there are very few jobs that don't require those people skills the face-to-face the being able to make eye contact the being able to sort of modulate your own tone and your own stance and things like that in accordance with the person skill across the board, no matter what job you're going into. We've done that research, too, and it's not surprising, right? Because like you said, no matter what job you do, we're people, and people need to interact with other people, and it is so important to look them in the eye and to be able to speak in a way that empowers you and then compels them to listen. No, that sounds a lot. So in all of your development of the app, What do you think is your biggest takeaway for how people can improve and stop using so many filler words? It's the really, and I've spoken to, because I'm I'm not a speech pathologist or a linguist, but it really is about awareness. If you go, now this is not a pathology, right? This is a habit like anything else. So there's nothing wrong with you. It's just practice. Right. But you really need to be aware. And... And once people look at, it's so simple, 
play with the app. It captures all the times you say like. People get it immediately, and then every parent or person has a story. Oh, I, what I do is I clap or I pinch or I yell or you know whenever my kid does that, or I've asked a friend or I record myself. So the, once people are aware, it it all starts getting better. And and you just have to practice. You have to really know, like is my word. You said it right up front. You know you say you know, and that's my husband's word. And it's fine if you do it once in a while. It's just when it's epidemic and distracting that it becomes a problem. Now, is technology advanced enough that you can add something that will let you know when you do my pet peeve, which is vocal fry? Yes. Oh, <laughs> I've written about that. Uh, I actually blog a talk. lot about this. And well, there's uptalk, right, where you mm-hmm. turn everything into a question, and then there's vocal fry, and totally, I, <laughs> well, I think that's the best I've ever done. <laughs> but yes, we, that's on our list for version 2.0, because I, I'm not exactly sure if we can do this, but it's all about the, the wave, right? And if your voice goes down at the end of every sentence, you might be using vocal fry, and if it goes up at the end of every sentence, that might be uptalk. So there probably are diagnostics that can be built in. It's interesting because, again, that mostly relates to women. Mm -hmm. And it would be interesting if there was a sort of a coach that wasn't about reprimanding you for doing it, but more, let's make you more powerful. Yeah, so this is private, right? This is is why I did this, because, because we need to have something that we can practice with. And, uh, sorry, that was my dog coming in. That's okay. (laughs) We just talked about that last week, (laughs) working from home. (laughs) That was my husband and my dog barging into my room. Um, (laughs) There's groups like Toastmasters, and there are definitely great speech coaches out there who have all different methodologies, and I, I definitely support all of that. This is a way to have something in your back pocket to practice with so nobody is poking you or clapping at you or making you repeat it back 10 times. Right. Hmm. No, I love that. I love the whole idea of it. Well, we will link to the Like So app in iTunes and I'm assuming in no Google Play Store. Not Not yet? yet. No Google Play yet? Okay, sorry, Android users. You have to be Apple. You have to go to the Apple App Store. It's right now. It works on iOS, so on iPhones and iPads. Okay. So the rest of you Android people, you know, (laughs) Android people have to keep saying um and like, and (laughs) that's what they get for being Android users. (laughs) (laughs) Rebecca and I are going to throw down as soon as we turn off the mics. Android users, we're just, we just uh, went on iOS first. Well, that sounds good. We will link to that and link to the page and all the information about it and I think people should just check it out it is so worth doing with your kids for your kids for yourself because as much as we reprimand our kids we're probably doing it Mm -hmm. just as much and it's only 99 cents oh there you go it's it's only 99 cents and it's fun I I have to say I just was as I said I, I do this I go out and I speak about it and I have people play with it and there's a lot of laughter going on too so hmm. it can be very bonding <laughs> yeah get a bunch of teens together and let, it's a sleepover project see yes, who says like I've the most about that too because I really didn't I wanted to turn this addiction into uh, you know uh, with our phones into something that was actually effective and and fun and I hope that people find it to be fun and effective. 
I think they will. Well, thank you, Audrey. Thank you so much for joining us. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much. Like, totally thank yeah. you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> okay. Right? Bye. Okay, bye. <laughs> we'll be right back with our Bites of the Week. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. You're listening to Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. We are back with our Bites of the Week. It's just Amy and I. So, Amy, you're first. Well, I have a, I have a bonus, um, which was not my planned bite, but it was inspired by the conversation we just had. I use a Gmail plugin. Um, I think I've talked to you about this before, Rebecca. It's called Just Not Sorry, and it analyzes your emails to make sure that you're not using words that are undermining your message, like just and sorry, in other words. So um, we'll link to that. But that's not my real bite. My real bite, um, it's <laughs> it's a very, very long article. I'm going to warn you right now. Um, but I loved it. I'm not an Anglophile. I didn't think oh, I would find I this interesting. <laughs> yeah, this article was crazy. It's called London Bridges Down, The Secret Plan for the Days After the Queen's Death. And it goes into insane detail about the planning for when a royal dies in England. What well, hasn't happened in uh, <laughs> yeah, long time. I mean, the queen, the queen mother. Um, right. You know, that was but kind of a small scale, mother, right? Yeah. Um, so this article just goes into all the detail, all the planning, how much practicing they do. They have, I mean, for the first two weeks after the death, everything is planned out. I'm just going to read you one paragraph to give you an idea. When the news breaks, these lights will start flashing to alert DJs to switch to the news in the next few minutes and to play inoffensive music in the meantime. Every station, down to hospital radio, has prepared music lists made up of Mood 2, Sad, or Mood 1, <laughs> Saddest, songs to reach for in times of sudden mourning. If you ever That's hear so it's, <laughs> if you ever hear haunted dance hall nursery remix by Sabers of Paradise on daytime radio one, turn on the TV. Something terrible has just happened. It's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> the entire article. It's it's crazy. You know what I thought was interesting in that article that so when someone becomes queen, their husband is not king. Right. Their husband is the queen's consort, yep. essentially. But when someone becomes king, his wife becomes queen. That's why you had the queen mom. She was she was queen when her when Queen Elizabeth's father was king. Weird. Yeah, it's very weird. It's it just a weird naming thing and, and it's coming up now because Camilla right. will be queen, which is not okay with a lot of people. Right. But I don't I wonder why I like they never really go into the history of where that came from it is so odd i i think the history of where it came from is that for so long there just weren't it 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 didn't apply because only the man was the king oh but you had elizabeth the first you had but victoria but i I mean in all the history before that it was usually the man so it was just king and queen but you assumed that the queen was just the married title I, it's just so weird. It is weird. <laughs> Whatever. The whole royal family is weird and they should get rid of the whole thing. That's a whole other thing. That's a whole other podcast. Um, all right. Yeah. It's a really cool article. Yeah. It was really long. It really though. is I have to long. Say, I skimmed. I started skimming a lot of it. I, kept, I was like, all right, it's not that interesting. I didn't <laughs> skim and I, I kept saying I wasn't going to read the rest and then I would keep reading it. You read it. the rest? Yeah. Now you have to be there when it happens, right? Because I want to see if all those things actually go down. Now I feel like I'll have more interest in watching because I want to see what, what's going on. Go down. Yeah. I want the playlist. They should put them on Spotify. Yeah. <laughs> the, the Queen is Dead playlist. <laughs> totally. Yeah. That'd be awesome. <laughs> all right. I had um, 
My bite this week is an article in the Wall Street Journal, which I hope we can link to with their stupid paywall. Sometimes their paywall goes off and sometimes it doesn't. I find. I think, do you get a certain number per month, maybe? I don't know. You do with the New York Times, but I, I find if I link, if I go from Facebook to the Wall Street Journal, it works. Oh, if interesting. I try some other way. So I don't know. Okay, well, we post the links on both our website and on our Facebook page. Right, so, so if you're not getting to it from the website, try it from the and Facebook page. And if it doesn't page. work, I will. I can see it, so I will make a list of all the things they talk about in this article. Because okay. that's the important part is, the article is Books That Speak Truth to Boys. Mm. And it's a really good article about how there was no Judy Bloom for boys. Right. And there's a lot of people talk about Harry Potter, or they'll talk about Percy Jackson, or, you know, if you go back, you know, to whatever those Hardy My daughter boys, would whatever. not think of those as boy books. I know. Yeah. I know. It's funny. But they... they have huge male readers, whatever. Yeah. So that, I guess that's the point is there have been no books about boys' emotional life mm-hmm. like there are for girls. And now there are. There is a huge swath of books that have come out for middle grade and high school that are much more about boys' emotional lives, oh, inner turmoil, pressures that are of the Judy Bloom vein. Are you there, God? It's me, Mark. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, and I think everyone welcomes this. You know, I know just a month ago I had a discussion with a friend of mine who has sons and a daughter, and she was talking about how great the American Girl books are. We were talking about the care and keeping of you and all these great books Which for you recommended to me for my daughter a few yes. years ago. Thank you so much. And there are none for boys. Huh. And that's bizarre. Yeah. They're 50% of the population. They're going through just as many, <laughs> you know, changes and yeah. unknowns and all these things. So... And I had heard that there are books coming out. I don't know if it's by American Girl, although American Girl did start to carry a boy doll, which was also oh. new this month. So there's now this trend of recognizing that boys actually have inner lives. Huh. <laughs> Who knew? Who knew? Um, boys. <laughs> boys knew. And I guess had to grow up to be millennial men who are willing to write about these things. So books that speak truth to boys. It is a great list of books to check out if you have a son. And if you can't access the article, we will. I will just go through and I'll pull them all out. We'll list them all on our website. Yeah, we can. We can link on a Facebook. Page. We can link to the article, which will flesh them out. But we can also link to the individual. Yeah, we'll put books. the individual books there. I think. I don't know. I'd love to hear from. Well, you're a mom of boy. Yeah. Although he might be a little too old. I don't know yeah. if these are. I don't know how old these go, but. I would love to hear from moms of boys about books. That yeah, I wish this had book. been around a little while ago. He's right. almost 16, so I don't know. So His emotions are no, done. No emotional life for no, him. Done. <laughs> so shut it down. <laughs> You're a man now. Shut it down. <laughs> you missed Judy Bloom. You're too bad. <laughs> All right. Well, that is our show for this week. Thanks, Amy. Just Thank you. you. And your purple sweatshirt, so it's yes. like Andrew's here. You can check out everything we talked about this week on Facebook.com slash Parenting Bites and on ParentingBites.com. We'll have links to everything plus links to the app store for the Like So app. Mm-hmm. So you can check it out like totally. totally. And tell us how you like like it. And don't you just not want to hear yourself say like ever again yes. <laughs> after that conversation. But listen to that other podcast. We'll link to that too, the yeah, Lexicon Valley one. It was cool. really interesting about why people do it. And it didn't make it sound any better in my head, but it made me feel better about using the words. Right. Right. Yeah. I use um. Um is my mm-hmm. filler word. We didn't talk about if it happens in other languages, but it must. Every language. Every, <sighs> because it's a tick. It's like a personal pause right. for something. It has nothing to do with the English language. Right. Right. I, I don't know. I I'm feel like they that. addressed that on Lexicon Valley, but I don't remember. Okay. Yeah. Well, I want to know what the filler words are for other languages. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be interesting. Yeah. 
All right, and you can find us on play.it. You can find us on iTunes, rate, review, subscribe, leave comments, all that share stuff. it, all that stuff. Until next week, happy parenting. Bye. Bye.